This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Well, good morning. Uh, My name is Joe Merrick. I'm the lead pastor here at Journey Church, and I am thrilled that you are here with us today. So excited to have you and uh, continue our series this month. Want to take a moment right now and just encourage everybody to reach into the seat back in front of them, and there you're going to find one of these Connect cards. And uh, it's our desire to have one of these from every family uh, that is here today. And so if you would just take a moment and fill that out. Um, we would be honored to, to get that. Uh, lots of stuff you can put on there, uh, name and address, of course, but also um, you can tell us about prayer requests, decisions that you've made, things you want us to know about as a church. So please take a moment and, and fill that card out. You can drop it in the offering bags when they come by at the end of our time together. Uh, With that, let me just pause this morning and pray for us. God, we um, we just thank you for being here. We thank you for this opportunity that we have had already this morning to sing your praises, God, to rejoice. To, to sing these songs that uh, represent you, God, that represent our feelings, our heart towards you, God, especially that last one, center my life on you. What a beautiful, beautiful song. What a prayer for us to have. God, help us just to do that right now. In these next few minutes, Lord, as we open up your word, as we talk about marriage, it's my prayer that every single person here can just push out some of the noise, the distractions, all the demands, all the different things that uh, we can think about and are responsible for on a daily, weekly basis, God, and you just help us to focus on you, to focus on what you want to say to us today, God, I believe you have something for each of us. In your name we pray, amen. Well, uh, welcome to week number two. Week number two in our uh, series this month called The Vow. And, And what we're really talking about, yes, we're talking about marriage, but we're talking specifically about promises promises we make in marriage that uh, we need to focus in on, we need to zoom in on to help us kind of get through through some of the difficulties, get through some of the hardships we so often face in marriage. We started last week with uh, a vow, a promise on priority. And if you remember, that vow went like this. We said, God is my number one, and my spouse is my number two. That was the vow we talked about last week. We said it that way because one of the things that we see happen in Scripture time and time again is there's no person, uh, no thing that can, uh, that can satisfy our deepest needs. Uh, our needs of acceptance, of identity, of security, of purpose. Only God can, can satisfy those needs. 
Not the perfect spouse, not the best job in the world. Nothing but God can satisfy these deep needs we have in our life. What we find, uh, we talked about last week, the, the challenge, the problem is so often what happens in marriage is our priorities, they, they get out of order And at some point, one spouse or usually both spouses are saying, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of somewhere along the way, I stopped being your priority. Something else took my place in your life. And that's where trouble comes in. That's where heartache begins when we get these priorities out of order. So many times, the things that uh, trump our priorities, uh, the proper order of them, they're they're not bad things. They can be good things. Family, a job. As we talked about last week, those aren't bad things. Those are things that need energy and focus, but it's not how God designed marriage to be. The vow that we want to that we fixated on this, and I'm sorry, and how we fix that, how we fix these, this problem, this challenge, the first step is we focus in on this vow of priority. We say, I'm going to get these priorities right in my life. God's going to be my number one. My spouse is going to be my number two. No other uh, thing, no other human relationship is going to uh, go above that, going to supersede that. We make that promise to one another. And so we got off to a great start last week talking about the vow of priority. This week, I want to start by uh, talking about a promise that we oftentimes make in marriage that we can't really keep. We oftentimes make a promise to make our spouse happy. And at first, that sounds innocent enough. It sounds maybe even romantic. But happiness is a byproduct of hard work in a marriage. It's not the point. Think about it this way for a moment. God doesn't uh, look down on Adam and say, hey, you know what? He looks uh, a little confused. He looks a little lost. Eve, why don't you go down there and, and make him smile every day? Uh, give him some direction in life. Answer all of his questions. No. It's not Eve's job. I love how John Comer in his book, Law of Ology, says it. He says this. The point of marriage isn't to find our missing half. It's to help each other become all God intended. In marriage, two people, they partner to that end. They see the best in each other, the person God created them to be. And I love this part. And they push and they pull each other toward that goal. So often that that is a bumpy ride. So often it's a bumpy ride. uh, But when marriage is working, what we're saying to one another is, I don't want to miss one mile. 
I don't want to miss one mile on this journey. Yes, I know it's hard. Yes, I know at times it can be uncomfortable and difficult, but I want to be on this journey of transformation with you. That's what I pray you are saying to your spouse. To be on a journey of transformation with your spouse, you have to have your priorities right. You got to have those order right. You got to take that vow, that promise seriously that we talked about last week. God is my number one and my spouse is my number two. To make that decision that I'm not going to let anyone or anything come above them in my life. That's the first promise we have to get right. The second promise we have to make is to always pursue my spouse. That always, it should be uh, uh, capitalized, uh, italicized. If I could make it blink at you, whatever it took to to grab your attention, we got to focus in on that word always. Always pursue my spouse. It's the second vow. That's what we're talking about today. This is something that we intuitively get at the beginning of a relationship. Uh, when we're first starting out, when we're first married, we, we, we get this. But somewhere along the way, somewhere along the way, other priorities come up and we forget. We forget how important it is to pursue our spouse. I remember when Karen and I were first dating, and her dorm room or her dorm building was across from mine. She was on the third floor, maybe the fourth window, kind of from the end of the building. And every night I would, I would come and I would look out my window to see if her light was on, to see had she gotten back from volleyball practice. And if it was, I would take the phone uh, from the desk and I would pull that long cord. Yeah, no cell phone, no texting or um, Instagram. Snap chains, um, none of that. I said that wrong. I know that. I just, streaks, streaks. Um, I would take that long, uh, that phone out into the hallway with its long cord and I'd call her almost every night. I'm betting you have a story like that. You have a story like that. Maybe you drove through some crazy snowstorm just because you didn't want to miss one dinner. Maybe uh, you spent 10 minutes on the phone at the end of each conversation saying, no, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. You got some story about how you pursued one another. And yet so many couples, so many couples come to a point in their marriage in the relationship where they say, I don't feel the love anymore. I don't feel that way anymore. I don't know where that went. Where did the romance go? Where did the excitement go? Then they make the leap. Must have been wrong about him. Must have been wrong See, we're expecting this other person to make us feel a certain way. And when they don't, we make the mistake of saying, well, they must be the wrong person. If they were the right person, well, I'd still feel all these kind of warm, fuzzy feelings inside. 
what's really happened. What's really happened is we've got, we've got our priorities out of whack like we talked about uh, last week and we got lazy. We stopped pursuing one another. Think about it this way this morning. Is there any area of your life where you can be lazy and expect improvements? I want some big muscles. Maybe, uh, maybe if I just buy the gym membership and uh, maybe I show up once or twice, that, that's enough, right? Tried that before. Doesn't work. The doctor says, hey, you, you need to uh, lose some weight. You want to fit into that dress, into those jeans. And you know what? Fruits and vegetables, they're just not as good as French fries and pizza. Doesn't work. Maybe at work, think, you know, I'm just not really into it right now. I got some other things going on. But, you know, I still want everything to kind of progress the right way. How am I being a better employee? I'm not. Doesn't work that way. We can't not put effort in. We can't be lazy and expect improvements. And yet, somehow, we get this mixed up idea that in marriage, that's how it's supposed to work. That our romantic feelings, that our love for one another should grow on its own. Should just kind of happen, whether we put effort into it or not. This morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but... I'm willing to bet there's more than a few of us who have struggled with this frustration. This morning, whether you are married or not, I'm willing to bet that as you uh, have thought about maybe some conversations, some people, some times, you can think of situations, people who fall right into exactly what I'm describing. I don't want to share something that is amazing with you. God has something to say about this. God has something to say about this. And I think that's amazing because so often when we find ourselves uh, really wherever, if a hard place in life, but especially a hard place in marriage, we feel alone and isolated. We feel like we're the only ones dealing with it. And yet, God says, not only can I relate, but I know what you ought to do. I want to turn to a couple of scriptures this morning. The first is Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. We read this one last week, but uh, we're going to read it again this morning. It says this, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. The King James Bible, it uses this word cleave. That's not a word that we see very often, but it's this word that means to cling to. We're talking about the uh, being united part here. To cling, to never let go, to pursue with great energy. So right from the beginning, right from the beginning, God is saying, hey, guess what? Marriage is going to be great but it's also going to be a lot of work. 
It's going to take effort and energy on your part. You're going to have to be continually pursuing one another. Second scripture I want to turn to today tells us that if we've lost some of that cleaving, if we've lost some of that uh, pursuing one another, that deep holding on to, this is what we ought to do. Revelation chapter 2, verse 5. Remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. In this verse, in this verse, Jesus is speaking to the church at Ephesus. He's speaking to them and he's, he's talking about his relationship with them. He says, you know, at once, at, at first it was intense. It was rich. It was full of pursuit. But now it's cooling off. Now it's cooling off. And Jesus instructs them, and he says, you are to restore this relationship, and I'm going to tell you how to do it. Here's three things. Three things to do, Jesus says. Number one, remember. Right there from the beginning of the verse, remember the height from which you have fallen. When we first come to faith, when we first come to faith, we're willing to do almost anything We're bold in our faith. And as time goes on, other things begin to compete for our attention. If we give in, we find ourselves cooling off. Cooling off toward God. And that's exactly what Jesus is describing as happening here in the church in Ephesus. And Jesus knows the problem. He sees it. He says, here's the issue. You stopped working at the relationship. You stopped working at it. And it's the same thing in our marriages. You know, it's interesting here that Jesus doesn't command the Ephesians to work up some emotions Hey, you, you know what, just, just fix this, you know, feel it again. He doesn't say that. He knows what they need is not emotions. They need a firm will. They need a decision point. Jesus calls them to remember. Remember their actions at the beginning. At the beginning of their commitment to him. Their love was intense. As it applies to marriage, the first step means remembering the joyous details of your relationship. When it was exciting, when it was fulfilling, when it was thrilling, remember not just your emotions, remember not just how you felt, but remember what you did. Remember how you honored one another, how you spoke to one another, how you thought of each other at all times. Once you remember, once you remember that the person you're so frustrated with right now, the person you're ready to give up on is the same person you once loved so passionately, and you're ready for step number 
repent. Step number two is to repent. And when Jesus tells us here to repent, this is what he means. Remember the fervent actions and the right attitudes you displayed at first, in the beginning. You are to change any actions, any attitudes currently being displayed that are different from those displayed at the beginning. True repentance. True repentance always includes three things. We have to recognize, acknowledge the truth. We have to admit that we were wrong. And we need to change. We have to change our actions. Once we've done that, once we've truly repented in all of those ways, not just said, our, said we're sorry, but uh, we've recognized the truth, changed our ways, turned around. Then we're ready for step number three. Repeat. Do the things you did first. The last part of that, that verse from Revelations. Jesus says, go back to those memories. Go back to those things that you remembered. Start there. Do those things again. It's important to say here, this is work we do when we don't feel like it. This is work we do when we don't feel like it. But we trust God's word to be faithful and true. We trust God's process, his redemptive work, not only in our hearts and in our lives, but in our relationships. Jim Evans, in his book, Marriage on the Rock, he writes about this three-step process from Revelation. He says, from his experience, So even though neither of us, he or his wife, had any positive emotions or good feelings at the time, we began to do the things we knew were right for each other. The result result was significant changes in our relationship and attitude. Catch that? The feelings... Uh, the, the warm fuzzies, the attitudes uh, changed. That came later. It came after the actions. Continues on later. We are able to share our story with you now. Not because of who we are or what we did, but because God's word is true. He is faithful. They. Today, I hope the application is clear for you. I've got just three things this morning. I hope today that you recognize that no matter where your relationship is at this moment, how good or how bad you think it is, it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for. And so the first challenge I have for you, the first action I have for you is just to make the commitment that this is important. I need to work on this. One of the ways I'm going to work on it is I'm going to make the commitment to be back again next week. 
because this is an important topic for my life. Second thing. Today, if you find yourself in a difficult spot, if, if what we were talking about, you can, you can say, you know what, I can apply that, I can see that in my marriage, I see it happening, I see how it has happened. Pray today you will listen to Jesus' plan. You'll listen to his plan. That you'll remember. That you'll repent. You'll repeat the things you did at first. Third action item. Today, maybe you're thinking, you know what? My marriage is pretty good, especially when you talk about all that. We're, we're way better than that. Let me just say, fantastic. Rejoice in that. But let me add this question. What are you going to do to keep it that way? Because every one of those marriages that are in trouble, they were in your same spot at some point, saying everything is great, everything's wonderful, and then priorities change, they stop pursuing one another, and all of a sudden, they're in a world. What are you going to do? Keep it that way. Let me pray for us today. God, we want to say thank you this morning for the blessing that is marriage. God, we know it is a blessing, but God, we also know how hard and difficult it can be. We've seen it in our own lives, God, or maybe even if we're not married right now, we know people who are having a hard time in that relationship, and it's just harder than they thought it was going to be. We just want to take a moment and pray for marriages. We want to take a moment and pray for the promises we make to one another. Promise like we talked about last week. Promise of priority. That God, you're going to be my number one and my spouse is going to be my number two. And nothing, no job, no, no family issues, nothing is going to come above that relationship. And God, we know that has to be more than just words. There's got to be action behind that. There's got to be energy and effort behind that. Pray, God, right now, that that's stirred in all of our hearts. God, like we talked about today, this second vow of pursuit to pursue my spouse to always pursue my spouse. God, pursuing our spouse every once in a while, that's not so hard. We, you know, we can remember when we did it way back then. We can maybe do it once uh, every month or two. But God, to really put them first, to, to, to uh, put that much energy and focus on a relationship to say, you know what, uh, I'm going to put aside all of the other things and projects and desires that I have. I'm going to set those aside and I'm just going to focus on them. That's hard. God, we need your strength to do that. We need your strength to, to go through that process that you talk about in Revelations. Whether it's our relationship with you, God, or our relationship with our spouse, 
to remember, to remember where we've come from, to remember how far we have fallen, to repent, to identify those things that we've done wrong, to know the truth, to ask for forgiveness. To repeat, to repeat the things we did at the beginning when we were full of energy and love and pursuit. God, help us to do those things. Thank you, God, for caring enough about us. Thank you for caring enough about our marriages, our relationships, that you give us specific instructions what to do when we're in trouble. In your name we pray, amen.